I don't want to be rich, don't want to be popular, don't want to be selfish, no. I don't want to be a goat, don't want to be ignorant, don't want to be blindfolded, I just want to be countercultural. Violent, don't wanna have a vendetta, don't wanna be vengeful, no. I don't wanna be a soldier, don't wanna be militaristic, don't wanna help that cycle, I just wanna be a countercultural pacifist. I don't want to be a racist, don't want to be a capitalist, don't want to be sexist, no. I don't want to pass judgment, don't want to hold grudges, don't want to be hateful, I just want to be a countercultural, pacifistic, unconditional lover. I don't want to shop at Walmart, don't want to grow Monsanto, don't want to drink Coca-Cola, no. I don't want to burn petrol, don't want to eat perfect fruit, don't want to feel guilty, I just want to be a countercultural, pacifistic, unconditionally loving organic gardener. I want to be authentic, I want to be radical, I want to be optimistic, honest, I want to be humble, I want to be progressive, I want to be open, I'm inspiration, I want to be like John Wesley, or Sarah Major, or Anna Mao, I want to be like Martin Luther, or Martin Luther King Jr., like Santa Claus, Johnny Appleseed, Dirk Berlin, or Gandhi, Alexander Mack, John Klein, George Fox, or Jesus Christ, but mostly, I just want to be me. Just wanna be me. Hey there, Darker Punks. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of the Darker Punks podcast. My name is Emmett Wachowski Eldred. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I'm one of the regular co-hosts of the show. This week, we're hearing from Erica Clary, who is sharing about her experience as a Brother and Volunteer Service volunteer in the Youth and Young Adult Ministry Office for the Church of the Brethren. Erica has the all-important job of coordinating National Youth Conference, one of the biggest events in the Church of the Brethren, and certainly the most memorable for so many of the people who participate in it every four years. It is a huge responsibility, not to mention a ton of work. And Erica is doing it all as a full-time volunteer in a deep posture of service that requires a steady spirit of humility and faith and sacrifice. Erica's story has so much to say about BVS, about service to the church in general, and about what it means to lead thousands of young people up the proverbial and the literal mountaintop to encourage God and leave ready to be disciples in the transformative tradition of love and peace that is our gospel. With all that said, I hope you enjoy hearing from Erica. My name is Erica, and I am currently serving as the Church of the Brethren National Youth Conference Coordinator. 
for 2022 through Brother and Volunteer Service. For a little more background about me, I graduated from Bridgewater College in Virginia in May of this year with a Bachelor of Arts in Mathematics and a minor in American Studies. While at Bridgewater, I served on the Interdistrict Youth Cabinet, who plans an annual regional youth conference called Roundtable, sang in the chapel band Outspoken, served as the chaplain's assistant, and was on the Brethren Student Movement leadership team. Outside of academics and my spiritual life, I love anything Disney, watching Major League Baseball, making bracelets, and doing digital art on my iPad. This episode is the BVS episode, and I'm so glad I was asked to talk about my BVS experience. There's a reason I won most likely to never stop talking about BVS in my BVS orientation unit. I'm looking forward to talking about what BVS has taught me so far, my specific BVS placement, why I chose to do BVS, service in general, and the impact BVS has already had on my life. I've only been in BVS for about six months, but it has changed my life. I know people say that sort of thing a lot, but I genuinely mean it. BVS teaches critical life skills. I'm no chef, but I barely knew how to cook anything before I started BVS. Cooking for myself and for my community house has taught me to love learning how to make new things. It's such a fun experience, especially when you're learning to cook with other people. During BVS orientation, we were assigned a food partner, and each food group had to cook for the rest of the group about once a day. I remember one night during orientation, my food partner Galen and I stayed up late watching a video about how to make gravy for biscuits and gravy. It sounds silly, but we had so much fun and shared so many laughs doing it. And I think if you asked either of us today about it, we would both still laugh. In BVS, we only receive a $100 stipend each month plus money for food. This has taught me how to live more simply and how to grocery shop on a budget, both of which will likely bleed into my decision-making for the rest of my life, whether I like it or not. (laughs) This also reminds me of another fun story from my BVS orientation. At orientation, we had to go on four food runs throughout the three weeks that we were there. When we were cooking, we only received $1 per person per meal when we went grocery shopping. But we could only come back with four cents in change when we were done, which was to teach us how to make the most out of the money that we had. When we only had a few cents left, all the groups would go together and we would buy one item that we could all use. For example, one time we all went in and bought a loaf of bread because we could use it for garlic bread or toast or whatever we needed. One time we thought we had 12 cents left as a group, which is perfect because we had three food groups, so each group would have four cents left. But we accidentally counted wrong and we had one more cent left over than we thought we did. So we had to go back to the store. We ended up buying a single potato wedge with that money. We named her Ida and we took pictures with her, of course. We couldn't stop laughing, but overall, learning how to shop like that was useful for the rest of my BBS experience. I could seriously go on and on about what I've learned since I started BBS. One question I get a lot is when I chose to do BVS and why I chose to do it. 
I grew up in the Church of the Brethren, so I've been surrounded by service practically my whole life. Over the years, through different events, I've participated in countless service projects. It just feels good to serve other people and to put others' needs before your own. I like to see it as an extension of love. I have a weird position with DVS because I am in a pre-placed project. This means that I applied specifically for my position as NYC coordinator, knowing that it's a BVS position. That being said, I like to say my decision to do BVS was synonymous with my decision to apply as NYC coordinator. For those of you who may not have heard of National Youth Conference, or NYC, it occurs every four years and brings together over 1,000 Church of the Brethren youth and advisors from across the United States, and sometimes even internationally. The first NYC was held in 1954, so it's a pretty long-standing tradition in the Church of the Brethren. During the week of NYC, participants worship together twice a day, hike in the Rocky Mountains, participate in service projects, and attend workshops in small groups. It's a place for youth to be in fellowship with people who are like them in many ways, but also people who might bring a new perspective to their faith. It's really just a special week for all involved. NYC happens next July at Colorado State University in Fort Collins, Colorado. It will be centered on the theme foundational, with a theme scripture from Colossians 2, 5-7. through 7. We will dive into all the ways that God is revealed as a foundation for our lives throughout the Bible, like how God is an anchor which keeps us in place when the seas are stormy, or roots which branch out into the rest of our lives. We will also discuss the ways Jesus' teachings are foundational for our lives and our service to others. I'm honored that my volunteer position is coordinating this conference. In this role, I get to follow in the footsteps of so many gifted former coordinators who have gone on to serve the church in other capacities, including four who work in the office with me. One of them is the BVS director, Emily. I have such a fun job because I get to coordinate NYC leadership and promote the conference. In my role, I get to connect with so many people. I love people and I love walking with them on their life journeys. So my prayer is that NYC will be a monumental experience in the faith journey of all who attend, just like it was for me. Now that you are more familiar with what NYC is, I'd like to share a bit about how my NYC experiences led me to where I am now. I first attended NYC in 2014 after completing my first year of high school. NYC was a mountaintop experience for me, both physically and spiritually. That's one of my favorite things to say because we are in the mountains and I kind of love puns. It's hard to articulate the feeling of being with over 2,000 other people who share similar values to me as Church of the Brethren Youth. It gives me chills every time I think about it or talk about it. That week, I grew in my faith and wanted to remain connected with that community. Even then, as a rising high school sophomore, I thought about how cool it would be to be an NYC coordinator and create that sort of experience for other people. I think one thing which inspires me to serve is the way other people have served me. 
NYC served me in so many ways, and I wanted to do that for other people. Just as a side note, I think that it's so cool that I have this opportunity to talk about being NYC coordinator on the Dunker Punks podcast because the Dunker Punks or the Mustard Seed Revolution started at NYC in 2014. So I was there. I'm so glad to see the way in which it has expanded since then and how the Dunker Punk name is being used to amplify young adult voices. After NYC in 2014, I remained active in my district, serving on the Mid-Atlantic District Youth Cabinet. And then, as I mentioned earlier, I served on the Inter-District Youth Cabinet while I was in college. Planning Roundtable was like planning a mini NYC. At Roundtable, I could just really tell that we were doing something special for the lives of the youth who were there. I don't think IYC would take credit for changing people's lives or anything, especially since we were just trying to extend God's reach. But there was one special moment that happened at Roundtable one year that really reminded me why we do all that we do for the youth of our denomination. At Roundtable, we have something called Vespers, which is essentially a nighttime devotional. It happens on our second night at the end of a long day of worship and fun. During Vespers in 2019, I witnessed a deep moment between two youth. One was crying and the other hugged him and told him, this is just the beginning. I'm not completely sure of all the context behind the situation, but I think that youth youth may have really begun his walk with God that night. I still get chills thinking about that moment, and I'm so glad I witnessed it. Essentially, I began to jump onto all the stepping stones needed to become NYC coordinator one day. Another big part of my journey to NYC coordinator was serving on the 2017-2018 National Youth Cabinet, who planned NYC 2018. At that NYC, I had more of a behind-the-scenes view of NYC and what happened there with the programming, and I got to help make the conference happen. I remember the work being so special to us as the cabinet that on the first night of NYC, the first time the theme song was played, we just wrapped our arms around each other and cried. My love for National Youth Conference is endless. It may sound nerdy, but I just think the ministry of NYC is so important to the church, and I'm really, really glad that I get to be a part of it. Many of my reservations about applying to be NYC coordinator are ones others share about embarking on a year of service in general. One thing that can be scary about serving in BVS is the potential of moving far from home. I'm about 12 hours from home in my current position, and that's certainly been a different experience for me. Even in college, I was only two hours from home. The benefit of moving so far away is exploring a new place and learning how that new place is the same or different than what you're used to. Another reservation I had was financial. I have college debt, so how could I take a year where I only made a small stipend each month? The fact of the matter is that repayment can wait, even though it can be stressful. I think overcoming some of these reservations has had a lot to do with priorities. I really wanted to make a difference in people's lives, and I knew I had the gifts to do it, especially because I served as roundtable coordinator. I think even though we are presented with service opportunities often, sometimes the right one just sticks out to us. That was coordinating NYC for me. 
NYC was so impactful for me and my faith journey that it just felt right to serve in that capacity. I would have never seen myself as someone who did service because the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of service is physical labor. I'm not good at that. I am not strong at all. (laughs) It's important to remember that service encompasses all sorts of things, from administrative work to caregiving to physical labor. Service is a great way for us to utilize the gifts that we've been given. Even within my small BVS orientation unit, two people went into caregiving, one person is working in community organizing and advocacy, and another is working temporarily in the service industry before moving to Japan to work in hospitality. We're all serving, and it just so happens that none of our service involves physical labor. I've talked about how I got into my specific form of service and what service means to me, but I haven't really touched on the way that my service has impacted me on a deep and personal level. This is the first time in my life when I haven't been a student. I always tell people that even though it isn't great, I used to determine my worth based on my academic standing. I was always a good student with a good work ethic, so I didn't really have time to figure out who I was underneath that. Now that I am not a student, BVS has given me a great opportunity to truly discover who I am. For the first time in my life, I don't feel like I have to fit any sort of mold that people expect of me. I'm learning to be comfortable with the odds and ends of my own personality rather than trying to change myself to be liked by other people. I don't know exactly the words to use to describe this quest for my identity that I've been on during BVS. All I know is that I'm much more comfortable showing my full personality. I think it's a commonly held idea that BVS is kind of a time to wreck your life, but in the best way. You upend what you've always known to embark on a new journey that certainly isn't a common one. There's something to be said about the fact that BVSers are often young adults who are freshly out of college. At that point, many people go right into finding a job. It's a rare occurrence to find someone right out of college who is willing to do a full-time job for just a small stipend. Since BVSers are often people who wreck their life to do a year of service, BVS is the perfect time to discern what may come next. I don't have a job that I left waiting for me at home, and that's okay. In fact, for me, that's more than okay. I can do whatever I want to do after this year of service. It's no coincidence that I'm learning more about myself in a time when I'm also trying to discern what's next for me. Knowing myself better means I know what I want to do a little bit more. If I had just gone into grad school or a job, I don't think I would have had the opportunity to figure out who I am. I will be forever grateful to BVS for that. So at this point, I've talked about life skills I've learned from BVS why I chose BVS, how my notions of service have shifted, and the impact BVS has had on my life. You might be wondering, what else could she possibly say about BVS that she hasn't already said? Well, I think one of the most important parts of my journey in BVS, and something that has kept me afloat thus far, is the community I've gained, especially through my BVS orientation unit. Like I mentioned earlier, My unit was tiny. There were only five of us. 
Because of the pandemic, we've been apart from intimate group settings for quite some time. I think that helped my unit gel even more. During orientation, we lived in community for three weeks. We got to cook together, laugh together, cry together, and learn more about one another in deep and meaningful ways. I know it has only been about three months since my orientation ended, but our group has stayed in contact with one another pretty regularly. I'm grateful to have people who are on this year of service with me, even though we're all in different places. We're still able to update one another about our placements and talk about things that are difficult for us. The reason I bring up my orientation unit and our closeness is because when you take a year or more to participate in service like BVS, you really aren't alone. I consistently feel supported by my unit, my placement, and the BVS staff. At my placement, I feel like I'm part of the team and not just that I'm the volunteer who will only be there for a year. My team at work includes me in team meetings, retreats, and decision-making. I feel like an equal to them, and they support me in my role and in discerning who I am and what I want to do next. I truly can't say enough about the profound ways that BVS has already impacted my life and probably will continue to do so. From life skills to lifelong friendships to learning more and more about who I am and who I want to be as I go out from this year. I know this may sound like a 20-minute commercial about BVS, but I've really tried to be as genuine as possible with my stories. If you are interested in a year of service and extending God's love through acts of service, consider BVS. It will wreck your life and it will change you in so many ways but you will grow so much. I'm thankful for the opportunity to talk about BVS on this podcast and that I could give you a glimpse into my journey of service. Thank you for listening and for holding my stories close. Thank you, Erica, for sharing your story and thank you for all that you're doing to make NYC such a transformative and powerful experience. This episode, I've got to say, was really personal for me, which only made me that much more grateful to hear about Erica's journey. For one thing, I was actually in Erica's shoes, albeit, thankfully, not quite as big of ones. When I was in Brother and Volunteer Service, I served in the same office as Erica, the Youth and Young Adult Ministry Office, helping plan youth and young adult events similar to NYC, although mercifully, they weren't as big as NYC. And I don't envy... Erica for the monumental task that she is handling with such grace and aplomb. But like Erica mentioned, NYC means a lot to this show too, because the whole Dunker Punks movement started at National Youth Conference in 2014, when Jared McKenna introduced the concept to us and illustrated how connecting to the roots of our theology was a radical countercultural act building peace in a culture of violence and militarism, fostering togetherness, community, and mutuality in a culture that puts such a premium on our independence and individuality that we end up not feeling any responsibility at all for the well-being and flourishing of our neighbors as well as ourselves. And humbling ourselves in service and discipleship in a culture that emphasizes material things and comfort and consumption. That is a challenging message, but it was also so inspiring to a lot of people who were there that night. 
myself included. And it was delivered at the height of an emotional and spiritually invigorating week that changed a lot of lives and transformed in the hearts and minds of many what it truly means to follow Jesus. That's the amazing power that can come from getting a bunch of people together to revel in the beauty of God's creation, both the Rocky Mountains crowning the horizon, but especially the wondrous and magical people created in God's own likeness. And it all starts with the labor of a few committed people like Erica. It's the true vision of what Jared and others have called the mustard seed revolution, just a kernel a kernel of truth which grows from the bottom up and soon spreads with such an irrepressible appetite and assertive force that it alters everything in its path. I really hope that Erica's story has caused you to reflect on your own NYC experience if you have one, or otherwise those other times in your life when the -the behind-the-scenes efforts of people serving God and ultimately serving you paid off in such a big way that it changed your life and your perspective and how you see yourself fitting in to the gospel story. And I truly hope it made you think about what it would mean to step into that kind of service yourself through BVS or in some other way. Thanks for listening. The Dunker Books Podcast is created by a network of young adults seeking to be the kind of behind-the-scene disciples that turn a gospel story into a gospel movement. This episode was created by me, Emmett Wilkowski-Eldred, as your host, and Erica Clary was our audio contributor. Jacob Krauss, who edited the show, also created our awesome theme music. Ali Cuny manages communications, Suzanne Lay manages production, and Arlington Church of the Brethren and On Earth Peace sponsored the show. You can find us online at arlingtoncob.org slash dpp, and you can find our archives on iTunes, where you can subscribe and leave comments and reviews that help others find the show. You can find us on social media at Pod, where you can follow, share, comment, and like our material. And please email us at dpp at arlingtoncob.org if you have any feedback or ideas for the show, or if you want to be involved. If this podcast has been a meaningful part of your life, you can also consider getting more involved in a couple of ways. For one thing, we would love for you to subscribe to our newsletter, where you can get updates at the beginning and end of every season. You can find the subscription link to that on our website, which again is arlingtoncob.org dpp. Or you can even become a Dunker Punks donor. The donation link is bit.ly dpp underscore donor. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.